Greetings and welcome to this podcast from Cambridge Health Tech Institute for 2015's TCGC, the Clinical Genome Conference, running June 22nd to 24th in San Francisco, California. I'm Ann Wynn, Associate Conference Producer. Dr. Carolyn Bennett is joining us today. She's the K-12 Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Scholar with the Group Health Research Institute. Carrie, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Thank you for spending time with me as well. Can you describe how you came to do patient-centered outcomes research and what it currently involves at the Group Health Research Institute? Sure. So I started my research career primarily as a biostatistician, and I work primarily on the evaluation of prediction models and novel biomarkers, actually primarily in prostate cancer screening. And when I went back to graduate school, I was really interested in learning more about decision analytic modeling and medical decision making because I wanted to focus in on research that was really relevant to problems that patients and providers and policymakers were facing when they needed to make a treatment or technology adoption decision. So after I finished graduate school, I'm now a postdoctoral fellow at the Group Health Research Institute, and I really wanted to focus on patient-centered outcomes research because for me this was a natural extension of the work in medical decision making because really in order to provide evidence, data that can really help patients make medical decisions, we have to understand and incorporate the outcomes that are most important to them rather than just what we as researchers think is important. And, you know, I do think there's a lot of overlap between what researchers think is important and what patients say is important, but it's interesting to learn sometimes when there isn't perfect correlation, and that's where I'm focusing my research efforts now. How do you generally determine the cost of effectiveness of returning incidental findings from next-generation sequencing to patients? The first step in setting up any kind of cost-effectiveness model is really setting up the specific decision or treatment option that you want to be able to compare. And so when we started the work that was recently published that I worked on with David Veenstra, one of the hardest things to think about was thinking about which incidental findings are you going to be returning and to whom. And it was a really difficult question for us to try and answer you know, or, or think about when we were trying to set up our cost-effectiveness model. But then these policy guidelines came out from the American College of Medical Genetics, and um, that was kind of a clearer policy guideline that we could evaluate. And it was kind of like, oh, this came out great. Well, how did they come up with this list? And did they really think about the long-term benefits and costs? And it turns out I don't think they really did in any formal way. You obviously thought about it quite carefully informally, but in particular, they didn't really think about the cost of returning incidental findings and the downstream costs and the long-term outcomes. And I think it was interesting that there were a lot of people started coming out saying, well, this policy was going to bankrupt society, while others were arguing that it was actually going to save money. And so we really wanted to kind of carefully evaluate the long-term health outcomes and costs. So we started looking at the list that the American College of Medical Genetics put together, and it was really interesting because of the 56 different pathogenic variants that they identified, most of the variants that were going to be returned could really be mapped to maybe one of seven different clinical conditions. So when we built our cost-effectiveness model, we really focused in on those specific conditions. When you develop analytic tools and policy models to aid decision-making in oncology, what challenges do you face and how have you and your collaborators addressed them? I think in the space of oncology, one of the key challenges going forward in terms of building these decision analytical models is incorporating this new idea, or not necessarily new, but this idea of personalized medicine. It's really becoming one of the most important drivers of new treatments in cancer and how patients are being treated going forward. And it holds tremendous promise, but it also holds a lot of challenges, you know, not just for decision analytic modeling, but for a lot of other areas. But in terms of building decision analytic models, one of the things we actually usually do is talk about population averages. 
So when we build our models, we're really talking about a population of patients. To build models that are really individualized to an individual patient are much more complicated, and it's going to require a lot more effort to kind of build these methods and incorporate them in a more timely manner. And the second really kind of related point is really data and timely data. And so to build a good decision model, you really need good data, primarily, say, from a clinical trial or a really well-done epidemiological study. And one of the challenges we think we as researchers face is that by the time these data are often published and available to be incorporated into a new decision model that we might build, oftentimes they're obsolete or not relevant to clinical practice because clinical practice has just advanced so fast. There's just so much research being done in this space right now that it's difficult to kind of keep up with it. Makes sense. Well, Carrie, thank you for revealing some of your research and experiences today. That was Carolyn Bennett of the Group Health Research Institute. She'll be speaking during the session, Clinical Sequencing, a Good Investment, at TCGC at the Clinical Genome Conference, happening June 22nd to 24th in San Francisco. To learn more from her in person, visit www.clinicalgenomeconference.com for registration info and enter the key code PODCAST. This is Ann Wynn. Thanks for listening.